Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, uh, September 21st. What's going on? How are ya? How's things going with you? How's things in your world? I am taping this Sunday afternoon. The Patriots have not played yet, but I am going to, uh, I'm going to talk about the Pats game after I watch it. I just need to pick my battles here when I can record this thing. So I'm going to record most of it, and then I'll come back on after, hopefully, a Patriots victory. You know? I mean, you can only hope this time of year. I watched some football today. You know, I was joking with a buddy of mine. Uh, I was talking to him about the fucking, you know, I was talking to him, Keith Robinson. I was talking to him about, you know, Thursday Night Football. Joe Burrow. How about Joe Burrow and fucking uh, uh, Baker Mayfield putting on a show out there? That was a great game, fun game. Joe Burrow looks great. I know they're 0-2, but he looks like he can take a hit, standing tall in the pocket, making great throws, and I would love, I was love watching uh, Baker Mayfield. They're letting him roll out. Guy throws on the run like a champ. Uh, you know, who the hell was I talking to? They were shitting on Baker Mayfield, and it's just kind of like, dude, you know, at what point is it the Browns' fault? <laughs> How many quarterbacks can go to the Browns and not be successful before it's the Browns? Are you always going to blame, you know, the quarterbacks? I mean, it's literally... Just like roadkill of number one draft picks who everybody wanted and the Browns pick them. And then in the end, the person who was the quarterback of the Browns, their reputation suffers rather than people looking at the fucking Browns. The Browns have been inept. All right. Since they came back in the league as the new Browns. You know, didn't they have an 0 for 16 fucking uh, uh, 1 in 15, 0 in 16, all of that shit. So I, I don't blame those guys. So. Really enjoying that game. It was good seeing the Browns, uh, you know, getting a victory and all that shit. It was great to see the Bengals. I'm kind of like at this point, now that we're post Tom Brady, I'm just like, all right, I'm in my golden years of watching football. (laughs) I mean, who's kidding who? I'm on the other side of it. I really am. Even if fucking Cam wins it this year with Bill Belichick, which would be fucking amazing, he's not going to win six. You know, by the time it takes him to win six, I don't know. He, I don't know how old that guy would be, but, like, it's... Um, let me put the fucking AC on, man. It's fucking hot as balls in here. What's going on? What am I doing here? Yeah, by the time he fucking wins six, I mean, uh, you know. I don't know if he has enough career left. It took, if it took Tom 20 years to do it. So, anyway, I was just watching sort of... Uh, just a bunch of different games. You know, I got the, 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 the NFL package. You know, when did, you know, when did those cunts, I think I bitch about this every year, the fact that the red zone is, is separate from the NFL package with all the fucking money you have to pay direct TV. I mean, it's just, I mean, I remember it used to be 100-something bucks, 200 bucks. Now it's like 300-something for the NFL package. I think it's because everybody's a cord cutter now, and they go on the website and watch it there. I'm probably playing way too much money. Uh, but then, like my on Directv, the, the the fucking Red Zone channel is sixty nine ninety nine. So I was just like, "Well, fuck it, I ain't paying for that too." So anyway, I uh, I watched a little bit of the uh, Steelers versus the Broncos, a little Rams Eagles, a little fucking. I was I was all over the place, you know. When your team's not on, you're just surfing, right? 
So I was watching a little bit of the, uh, what the fuck was it? The Jacksonville, Tennessee game. I watched Tom Brady, of course. They look great today. Beating, uh, was it Tannehill and the fucking Panthers? I watched a lot of football while also packing up, getting ready to go back east to do my shows, which I cannot wait to do. When I was trying to squeeze in some spots, I had a spot to do some extended time. For as long as I wanted, I was very excited. And I went down there. It was outside of L.A. And I went down there, and it was just another world. I showed up. The crowd was packed. No masks. I swear to God, I think I saw a baby in the crowd over in the corner, a little kid. And I was just like, but there was so much to like sort of process that I don't know if that was sort of the PTSD of the whole situation. It was just like, I was like, what the, what the fuck? Did I just take a time machine back to January? What the fuck is going on here? So I walk in, all the other comics have masks on. And then the lovely lady who ran the room, who was nice as hell. She was bringing out free food. She wasn't, you know, for the comics, total great person, but wasn't wearing a mask. So I was like, whoa, whoa, hey, you know, because I literally just got tested in the morning because I got to make sure coming from a, uh, this state, which I think we finally got taken off of the uh, fuckhead list. Um, I had to make sure I got tested. Uh, so I got tested. I got the little kids. So I just said to her, I said, hey, you know, where's your mask or whatever? She goes, oh, are you from L.A.? <laughs> I, go, I go, no, I'm from Massachusetts because I knew what she was getting at. She goes, oh, you came all the way from Massachusetts to do this show? I said, no, I live in L.A., but you asked me where I was from. I go, you guys just don't give a shit out here, huh? And they're like, oh, no, you'll see it's different out here. It's like, oh, yeah, how, how does the virus, the virus likes you guys? And so she goes, I'll put a mask on if you want. I go, that would be great. So she puts on a mask. It's hilarious. God bless her. Every time she went to talk to me, she would pull the mask down below her chin like we were in a sketch. And I was like, I can hear you through your mask. (laughs) She just kept pulling it down. She goes, no, you don't understand. We're out here. We're by the beach. We get a breeze out here. And at that point, I was just like, they are literally just making shit up. At this point, um, and but you know, I'm not going to get into arguments with people, but I'm also I'm not going to go out on stage and and I'm not doing it. So I just left. I, I didn't do the show. I wasn't advertised, so I didn't leave people hanging or anything. But it was just like, um, I don't know. I I, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to argue with people, and it's their right to do that. But this whole fucking reason they're doing it is just because it's so fucking annoying and inconvenient. And especially out here in California, when you're this close to the Mexican border and you know that there's like parents and kids that have been separated and put in cells for whatever fucking reason. Okay, the fact that you can't, you know, when that's going on a two hour drive away, but you can't you can't put on a mask without feeling uh, like your freedoms are being taken away. is just it's it's really astounding. Uh, I don't know. I learned a lot watching. I was like, wow. So these people are just like. You know, they always make the upper 1% like they're all these selfish fucking people. And it's just kind of like, well, you know, sort of uh, the lower 99% is kind of wired the same way. They just don't, they're not good at running a business, I guess. <laughs> you know, they, they can't start Amazon. But they, they, people sort of think, or enough people start the same way. And I had to get out of there because the thoughts that I was thinking, I actually started thinking like, well, maybe the next virus 
will be way more deadly. And then people who don't play ball will just die. And then people who are considered, then, you know, you have those fantasies. And just to considerate people are left. And then, of course, in my fantasy, I'm a considerate person because I'm the judge and the jury, you know. I'm sure if you asked enough people, they'd say, no, he's a fucking asshole. He would die, too. So I don't know. God bless him. Evidently, people, if you're near a beach and you get a breeze, you know, COVID just gets so chill. My favorite thing, too, was, uh, you know, we got all these fires going on out here. Another favorite. I got a lot of favorite things in this. I, don't, I, just, I just use that expression. It doesn't mean anything. It's not my favorite thing. It's just some. Really, I should be saying it's something else that I noticed. Was these, uh, you know, we've got this giant fire, right? And there's literally... Like show up and there's this on the beach. These people have started a huge bonfire, you know, and then that's just the kind of human behavior that used to really make me upset. And now it just makes me, I just sort of step back, contemplate my own mortality of like what we are really not wired to survive. Um, is this how we're wired? Is this how we are? Or is this because of, you know, the, the usual scapegoats like computers and selfies and social media? I don't think so. Because I saw a, a classic picture from the Spanish flu, whatever the fuck it was. And it was saying you had to wear a mask or you'd get arrested or something. So there's obviously people pushing back against that. Um, I don't know, maybe there's just claustrophobic people out there. I don't, I don't know. I have no fucking idea. But I'm done arguing with people about it so that's that's how they're doing it down there and i respected it everybody looked like they were having a good time and i was just, well enjoy your maskless existence out here and uh, i just fucking went back to the car and drove home <laughs> so um i don't know what are you gonna do god bless the scientists that are gonna figure this thing out god bless the firemen that are fighting these never-ending fires all the doctors and nurses that are treating people, you know, uh, just God bless all of them. But people who are not trying to help those people out, who are doing work to help all of us out, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. God, you know, God bless you, too. Anyway, plowing ahead. So I got good news and bad news. The good news is two out of three of my rot- rotator cuffs are, are good, but my, I just fucked up the one that's behind your shoulder blade. I was getting uh, I was getting a COVID test because I was shooting something and everybody's got to get tested like every fucking day. So I went, to, I've been tested for this shit like fucking 10 times. I uh, still have not gotten used to that giant Q-tip going up the nose. I just squint my eyes and just sort of grind my teeth. Just another second or two. And then they finally get through it. Um... So anyway, I, uh, I went to back out. And when I look behind me in the parking lot, this little strip mall, there was a guy, motorcycle rider, trying to pick up his motorcycle, which was laying on its side. And then I saw there was a Porsche convertible just in front of where the guy was, the direction he was going in. So I get out of the car because the guy in the Porsche convertible is not helping out at all. Uh, which I thought was hilarious and really sort of fit perfect with the car. The sunglasses, the convertible, L.A., he's looking out the back of the car. 
And this kid's trying to pick his bike up. So I got out not thinking how much a motorcycle weighs. I was just thinking like, oh, I've done that. That sucks. And it's too heavy to pick up yourself, especially when it's sort of laying a little downhill. So without thinking, I went over there like I was still in my 20s to pick it up. And then the next day, my, uh, my arm was killing me. And I don't know what happened. I, I, th- I don't think he hit the Porsche because there was no... Uh, There was no mark on the guy's car, but he did not get out to help the kid at all, which I I think is fucking hilarious. And then my dumb ass goes out there and I re-fucking injure my shoulder a little bit. Um, Fortunately, he didn't mess up his, but he scraped it up a little bit, but everything seemed to work. But I think, uh, I just think he came in a little too hot. The guy stopped or backed out before he realized that he slammed on the brakes, maybe got up on his front tire, lost his balance, and then the fucking thing went over. I have no idea, but uh, shout out to that guy. I know a comedy show you should be going to. Well, what the fuck? He didn't do anything, right? Maybe, maybe he's innocent. I don't know. Why am I coming down on that person? I have no idea. Why do I do this? I'm trying not to be judgy-wudgy here. Um, what else? How about your Celtics? Your Boston Celtics. After having built up a sizable lead in game two, only to watch Miami come out and just fucking with this ridiculous defense. I don't know, it was a 2-3 zone. I, they were playing so, so well. I started to like really look, which I never do when I watch hoop. I really started to look at uh, the defensive formation. They seem to have two people up top, three people down the bottom. But all I know is whoever had the ball in the second half of game two had two guys on him immediately. It was incredible. Um, was it the triangle defense? I don't know shit about hoop. I don't know anybody's names. But I'll tell you, when I watched that game, I'm bad with the names. When Black Lives Matter passed it over to Enough is Enough, and then they kicked it out to uh, Don't Even Try It, White Boy. I mean, it was just some of the greatest ball moves. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know the names. So I'm, I'm, I, I, they're underneath the number. So that's where you got to try and find it. You know, the white guy's got Build the Wall written above his fucking number. <laughs> Uh, but Miami looked incredible. When I watched game two, I was like, wow, man, we're still a really young team because there's no way Miami's going to lose that. Jimmy Butler would not let them lose that. And whoever that fucking guy is, um, I think he has freedom on the back of his jersey. The guy who fucking blocked Jason Tatum at the end of the game. That fucking, that's the kind of number two piece that gets you a championship. Uh, blown away by how... Uh, well coached, and I, the only thing I got out of it as a Celtics fan, I'm like, I know Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all our young players are watching Jimmy Butler and those guys learning how to win, and at the end of the game, evidently there was some big argument in the Celtics locker room, right, that everybody's talking about like it had anything to do with them. I, I look, that's locker room shit, that's sacred you shouldn't be in there. But, you know, this is what happens when you put broads on the sideline. They start sticking there. I'm kidding. You know, it was probably a couple of guys. But um, that was the only part of game three that I didn't like, that they were t- saying that there was this big argument. And I, I think so-and-so said this, and I think this person said that. It's like, who gives a fuck? They lost. Emotions were high. And they were yelling at each other because they care, because they want to win. Because they're not just there for the check, which is what all these fucking assholes always try to say about pro athletes. They want to win. So, um, anyway, uh, I like when that shit happens. And I like hearing about it from a player years later when they write a book. You know, that's why I really enjoyed that Jordan 
documentary because I loved hearing the story from Jordan after all of those years, hearing it from sports writers, some of them resentful sports writers, jealous or whatever, or just, I don't know what, resentful. I don't know. Um, but anyways, that was great. Jeez, all I did was fucking just watch sports this weekend. I worked out once, fucking ice in my goddamn shoulder. I saw game one of the Stanley Cup final um, where Dallas just looked great, man. Saw that yesterday. Um, really enjoying watching them, their first line there. Tyler Sagan, the ex-Boston Bruin, Jamie Benn, and that other guy, number 47 or whatever. We had that nice spinorama fucking pass out to that man on defense who went top shelf. I love that goal. That was a beauty. I love when a defenseman comes down low like that and it actually pays off rather than the other team having a fucking two-on-one. Very enjoyable. For some reason, I'm rooting for Dallas. I don't know why. I think, I don't know. I think I just, over the years, Tampa has just owned the Bruins and I I just feel like uh, it's hard for me to root for them. Even though if they win, I'll be happy because I like them. Because I like Iserman. Even though Iserman's gone and he's with uh, Detroit, I still feel like he's got a big, hand in a lot of their success. Now I'm going to get fucking emails from Tampa fans. Actually, he left, and since then, most of the major pieces have been removed. Um, so I watched a little bit of that. I, I did... Uh, oh, and then the, the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing in my life right now, other than my lovely wife and my family, is uh, I finally got enough time uh, flying the helicopter that I, I actually sold on Thursday and Friday. The first time since April of like 2018, I was looking at my logbook and uh, it was kind of funny. Like I knew I was soloing Friday, but Thursday I thought I was with my instructor. So I went out there and I, you know, I pre-flighted it, left tank top off, did all the shit I was supposed to do. And then I'm texting him, where are you, buddy? And he's like, oh, I, you know, he's a musician too. So he's like, I got a session. I'm, I'm, I'm working because I thought today was just you. And I was like, all right, I guess it's just me. <laughs> so I didn't even really have time to get nervous. So I was flying out of uh, Burbank this time. And uh, I wanted to fly out west, you know, towards Camarillo and that type of shit. And Oxnard, all the way out there, go look at the... Just a, It's a beautiful flight. You go by the Reagan Library. I know you liberals don't like that shit, but, like, I'm liberal. But, I mean, come on, man. When they have Air Force One in a fucking library, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, and anyway, I, I went out that way. I was, wanted to go out that way. So when you fly out that way... Uh, once you start going west, if you guys are on a map right now, you'll see just on the other side of the 405 is Van Nuys Airport. And that is a class delta. And it's the busiest class delta in the United States, from what I heard. All right, that's where a bunch of bigwig, you know, producers, directors, actors, athletes, announcers for the games, they all fly private in and out of that fucking thing. So there's a bunch of G5s landing and 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 taking off so you transition midfield so before you take off and it's so quick that you before you get there you the first thing you do is you listen to the ATIS this is for all you nerds out there right you listen to the ATIS you get the information on the airport all right let you know most importantly where the winds are coming from and then you know if there's any new obstacles any restrictions or any of that type of shit right you listen to that shit You get off of that. You call the tower. Before you call the tower, you make sure you have your next radio frequency in standby. So when you're up there, you're not fucking with the radio. You can just click the button to switch over. So I did all of that, you know, 
called the tower. They had me hold on Delta. I take off and I'm going over there. I'm like, all right. So you fly, you do west tracks, you go along the railroad tracks. Then when you get to the old GM plant, that's where you make your call. So I make my call. And of course, every fucking time they answer, they don't answer. So I'm flying and I'm flying. I can't bust their airspace or I get in major fucking trouble. So I call them again. How do you read? Nothing. So I'm like, hey, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I just banged a right turn and I knew Whiteman was 135. I got on with them and I just went up the five, up New Hall Pass and just got on the other side of the San Gabriel Mountains. I was like, you know, I'll go over here. See what's up with this. And let me just fucking regroup and figure out what I'm going to do. And I'm just sort of laughing going like, this is like, of course, this, this shit, it's just, it's how it is. It's like you tape a fucking special. On the way up to the special, everything's going great. Couldn't have a fucking care in the world. And then you fucking show up that night. The fucking air conditioning's busted. Somebody with the stupidest fucking laugh ever. In a, they're laughing at set. Like the fucking setups. Something's going to happen. They stick my parents in the front row, even though I told them not to. Just all of that shit happens every fucking time. So um, I remember uh, I just went up there and I got up and I was on the other side of the San Gabriel Mountains. Now they got that fire out there towards, uh, you know, the Inland Empire between there and uh, Pasadena. So I went out there and it was really getting smoky. And I was just like, well, I don't want to be involved in this. Now, do I? So I, um, I ended up just uh, I just came back. And I transitioned Whiteman and Burbank down along the five. And that's when it got fun because I was just like, I know how to do this. And I was totally relaxed, even with the bullshit with Van Nuys. Um, you know, I talked to my instructor. He goes, well, I would have gone into a holding pattern. I would have called Burbank to see what was going on. They also, you could call them up 119.3 is their main tower. Now I know you just, every flight you learn something. So when I came back down the five, and then I just went out over Glendale. Then I was just having fun. And um, everything, it's so amazing. Like all the stuff that your instructor tells you, it just comes into your brain and pours out of your mouth. You're just talking to yourself when you're up there. Lights are out. Gauges are all green. Out of the yellow. Carb heat doesn't need to be up. You know, you start to keep your scan going. Be at 1,300 feet here. Go up to 2,200 there. ba 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 you know, Route 2, 134, positional report, the Eagle Rock, Rose Bowl. And then I went out to the Rose Bowl. I did like a, a right orbit over it because I had to. Um, and it kind of bummed me out because, uh, you know, there's no, it looked like a soccer field and shit. You know, there's no football lines on or anything. I don't know if the Pac-12 is going to be playing. I know the Big Ten is. I haven't really kept up on that shit. Then I went out all the way, transitioned El Monte down the 605, I went to the 105, up to 710, back up to 5. And then I went, uh, had to do it, you know, past the observatory, the Hollywood sign. And then I went back into Burbank. And then the next day, I flew again and did the flight that I wanted to do. And that time, I got on with Van Nuys, transitioned it, had no fucking problem. And they are really sticklers. You're supposed to transition at 1,300 feet. Planes are at 1,800 feet. And then there's people landing and taking off underneath you. You have to be right at that. If you're a little higher, a little lower, they're going to get on you and bust your chops because uh, <clears throat> they can't have any jerk-offs in that airspace. So I've always gotten yelled at when I've fucking gone through there by myself. And this time, no problems whatsoever. And then I got out there and um, 
up past Santa Susan, uh, the, uh, what is it? Um, Santa Susana pass, Santa Paula, all of that place out to Camarillo. It was absolutely beautiful. Came back and lined right up, came right over the hill, lined right up with Satakoy. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a college prep school out there that has a blue football field. And that's how I know, like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I just get right on that. And at Balboa, you report after you've talked to the tower, came right in. And then as I came in, there was a jet landing. So they told me to go 10 degrees over. There was two other helicopters. You're number two. Did all of that shit. Set the fucker down. Um, and I just, I really just fucking, I don't know. I caught the bug again. Um, there's like a big thing. I don't know. This is just with me. As far as my journey with this thing, there w- there's like, I look back at my logbook and I only have 13 hours solo time like so much of my time is all just been with instructors and shit so it's great i've done a bunch of auto rotations and shit like that but i don't have a lot of experience flying solo and it's only because of my work schedule where every time i would get enough time confidence and and i was feeling one with the machine i you know have a tour or I'd, I'd book some acting work and then i come back and i'm super cautious and i you know i i just always would work back up, but it just seemed like the gap between me working was never quite enough time for me to solo. So I was never able to to push through and I was really intimidated about talking to Eric, like Van Nuys scared the shit out of me. You know, there's another one. There's another one down by Long Beach. I'm not going to say the airport, but the guy was just, (laughs) just, I don't know. Every time I talked to him, he's like fucking yelling at me and shit. Um, So now, but now I feel like I finally pushed through and I could have done it again yesterday and today, and I would have had, like, the best time. And um, I think, you know, I, after this tour, when I come back, I think what I'm going to do is I, I try to fly twice a week so I keep my skill up. I think now I'm going to start rather than twice with an instructor. It'll be once with an instructor, once solo. And it's just, like, the fucking greatest goddamn feeling. I can't even tell you. It's so peaceful and relaxing. And then when I, I, I set it down, it's like you're back in the world again. You know, you get out on the road and people are texting and swerving and fucking, you get on the highway and these motherfuckers, they swoop it. Like you look in your rearview mirror, there's nobody there. You look again a second later and there's this guy swooping in like a fucking fighter jet to, to like go around, do not even be in your lane, go through your lane around you on the right, doing like 90 and then zigzag back across. Like I'm telling you, these fucking people in LA, I mean, they, I don't know why they're maniacs. They drive cars on the highway the way those young kids ride motorcycles on the highway other places. Like 20 miles an hour faster than all the other traffic. I understand that with a motorcycle to a point where some guys, you know, and I was you know, learning how to ride and everything. I was asking them, like, what, what's up with that? He said, well, there's a philosophy. It's best to be the fastest person out there so no one behind you can run you down. So it's like, all right, so I get that aspect of it. You know, I used to play Space Invaders. I get, you know, zigzagging and around down there. But um, if you're going, I don't know, all it takes is one fucking idiot to do something stupid and you're going too fast to understand it. But I, I think there's, there's a way, there's a sort of a happy meeting. But people do this shit in car. I saw a guy doing it uh, when I was driving back from that, the ill-fated uh, gig down the beach. I saw a guy in like a Cadillac Escalade. All the way left lane, go, you know, diagonally across like 80 miles an hour, high center of gravity in this fucking thing, and then 
go around like three people, and then I see him cutting back. You know, Escalade's got those great fucking vertical uh, headlights, so I could watch the guy. And uh, I don't know. It's a fucking scary. It's a scary. It's scary out there. Boys and girls, I will tell you that, because I know a bunch of you guys will probably say, well, Jesus Christ, Bill, what are you doing that for? That's really dangerous. And it's, you know, there's an element, there's obviously an element of danger, but you, the, the, the level that you can reduce it now in aviation versus, I feel like aviation each year gets safer and safer where being on the highway gets, uh, this is just my own personal opinion. It just gets scarier and scarier where there's like, like I saw this Tesla parked on the side of the fucking road and it looked like the guy glued his laptop to the fucking dashboard, just the screen. And uh, I was like, holy shit, somebody's going to steal this guy's computer. And I realized it was like part of the car. And I was looking at that thing like, it, there's got to be a way to shut that fucking thing off. You know, you know those amazing billboards that look like you're in an IMAX movie and you're driving by and you can't not look at it? Um. I feel like those Teslas, like, that's like in the dashboard. <laughs> like you'd have to be a pirate with a patch over one eye so you wouldn't look at it. You'd actually fucking try and pay attention to where the hell you're going. But uh, those are incredible cars. They are incredible cars. Hey, you know, I just taped another episode of the Bill Burt podcast, and I, I kind of did this funny thing where I bluffed to my wife that I bought one of those GMC RVs that I wanted, and she was surprisingly sort of laughing, going, what the fuck are we going to do? But she wasn't mad. And that's why I love my wife to death. Aside from the fact that she's gorgeous, she's hilarious. She's so fucking cool with the, she allows, she lets me, she's a pain in the ass. Like I, you know, I'm a pain in the ass too, but like, Jesus, Bill, can you just compliment her? Um, Yeah. Like she's really cool about you know, she'll give me shit. Bill, where are we, what are we going to do? We don't have room for that. But if I really stay on her and just say, listen, this is something I really want and it's going to make me happy, she'll just be like, okay. <laughs> so I was so surprised. I told her I put a bid in on the thing. And then the next day she woke up and she goes, what about a new RV? And I'm looking at her like, who are you? This is amazing. And then I finally told her, I was like, you know, I didn't buy that thing. I didn't put a bid in on it, but I was kind of like, you know, I actually talked myself out of it. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with a 26 foot fucking RV. Like, what, I got to stick that in fucking storage. I got to have somebody start it up all the time. I mean, I think it could pay for itself in a couple of tours. Um, I'm just a sucker for that green, man. The Palm Desert green. I mean, it's just fucking, it's so goddamn gorgeous. And I just think they're the best. I think they're the best looking RV they've ever made. I love the new ones and shit with the slide outs and all of that. But there's just something about that thing. Um, And I was also thinking like, do I have to get a special license? This thing's 26 feet long. I probably have to get some sort of third class, whatever the fuck it is. I don't even remember. Um, All right. Let me read a couple of, um, let me read a couple of the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, uh, advertisement here for the week oh look who it is look who it is it's my bookie hey how the fuck you doing uh i love mondays and sundays you know why two words nfl action hey i'll tell you what i love mondays and thursdays too especially after that last thursday uh game man they should do that they should put the youngest quarterbacks on thursday night because you know their bodies aren't as fucking beat up as the old guys there 
Um, anyway, he says, uh, the copy says, I love Sunday almost as much as Brady used to love Sundays in New England, you cocksuckers. But now he's in Tampa. Look at this. I like this. I'm getting trolled by my own advertisers. Uh, where the only thing he's got to be excited about is that Florida sunshine. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. My bookie's got this whole online betting thing figured out. You sign up, you make a deposit, and they'll match you dollar for dollar. So you've got some extra cash to play with. Plus, they've got all kinds of cash prizes, uh, cash prize contests and free bets. Uh, Tuned in late? Didn't place your bet in time? Don't even sweat it because they let you uh, they let you bet the game live so you can analyze the game and make your picks. Uh, you got to check out the website because they got a $100,000 super contest that runs the entire NFL season. Pick 5 games against the spread each week. Score the most points by the end of the season and you'll walk away with 25 grand. But that's not it. Every 4 weeks the player with the top score wins 5 grand. 5 Gs everybody. Uh, my bookie is giving it away. If you trust your intuition, you can make a lot of money and have a lot of fun. Who could turn down money and fun and football? Come on. Sign up with my bookie today and get your deposit matched all the way up to a thousand bucks. It'll be the easiest money you ever made in your life. All you got to do to, to, uh, to the claim. All you got to do is claim is what it should say. The deposit bonus. Oh, to claim. That's all you got to do to claim, not to the claim. All you got to do to claim the deposit bonus is to use the promo code BURR, B-U-R-R. Winning season is finally here, and it's only at my bookie. How the fuck you doing? Uh, you, you good? You need to eat? Gotta love Italians, huh? Um, is that your idea of Italian? Yeah, I've watched The Sopranos. Stamps.com, everybody! Yeah, they're in gambling, and they, uh, they make the best food on the planet. Stamps.com, everybody. As we slowly adjust to the new normal. Some of us are not adjusting to the new normal. Some of us are just living the life like it never happened. We still need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily, these stamps to, uh, luckily there's stamps.com to make things easier. Thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of stamps.com in recent months. They've been able to keep their business running and avoid the crowds at the post office, all from their own computers. With stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. And you'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. Simply use your computer to print U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere. You want to send. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier. Schedule a pickup or drop it in the mailbox. It's that simple. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts too. Five cents off every stamp and up to 52%. Sorry. No, that is 62%. Sorry. Off USPS and UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer saving you time and money right now my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in burr that's stamps.com enter burr okay and with that let's get to some of the uh the reads here andrew was letting me know that there's uh there's some cons- renewable energy i got some conspiracy here on covid all right retracting uh, last week you said you misspoke about the Trump military comment. I was wondering what a- advertiser made you do that. No, somebody wrote in. Who cares if he didn't say it? He's an asshole and probably would have. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I thought you were against doing the apology tour, but now you're okay with it when it's spawned by GOP supporting underwear? Ooh. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go back here. There's a lot of controversy in this one. Um, I didn't apologize for a joke. Yeah, and I, I never said that if I'm wrong, I won't apologize. I was talking about jokes. Look at you. Look at you trying to make a ball a strike over here. I'm saying if I went up and I told a joke and I was joking around and I was fucking around and somebody fucking gets offended by it, I mean, that's, that it's, well, I mean, you, that's, you have every right to do that. But if I apologize to you, then that means that I meant the joke in a malicious way, which I didn't. Now, going back to the Trump thing, I, I just repeated it without looking it up, and I meant it. <laughs> so I apologize for doing that because I don't want to put misinformation out there. Misinformation, sir, is way different than telling a joke at a comedy club or on a special or on a late-night talk show. Um, and by the way, you have lost all credibility when you say who cares if he didn't say it. So the truth doesn't matter to you because you don't like that guy. And you're so neck deep in this shit that you know that, that I, whatever the, the fucking advertisers, which ones support which candidate. So I would say that you're not exactly an impartial person. I also don't think that you are a rational person. That if you say, who cares if he didn't say it, he's an asshole and probably would have. I mean, that you just summed up the, the case on a lot of, uh, you know, that's, that's like how they try a case on Twitter. And that's something I don't want to be a part of, okay? Agree to disagree um, on that one. Wow. Wow, I thought you were against doing the apology. Did I do the apology tour? I didn't think I did that. But now you're okay with it when it's spawned by the GOP supporting underwear? People, you guys really need to stop fucking watching the news and you got to get off social media. I'm telling you. Like, listen to that. Listen to how that's fucking work. Who cares if he didn't say it? You literally sound like that evil guy in, in fucking RoboCop. Who cares if it didn't work? Um, Jesus fucking Christ. That's why, that's why I was really measured when I was talking about that show down there. I, I still respect those people. I just don't agree with them. But the woman who's running the club was, was a sweetheart and brought out free food. So I, like, she is a great person. I just don't agree with her, her Seabreeze theory. <laughs> um, agree to disagree. And someday when the uh, COVID shit is over, I will go, gladly go back down there and fucking do a show. All right. All right. Oh, wait. Billy Beanhead Burr is what the guy called me. All right. Uh, Oh, this is the next one. Sorry. Conspiracy. Billy Beanhead Burr. I don't mind Beanhead. That makes it sound like it's a normal size head. Uh, As of right now, I feel COVID was deliberate. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of people are a little frustrated, so you're going to go crazy. Uh, Real, but not nearly as bad as they make it out to be. With COVID, new restrictions, uh, with COVID, new restrictions are being placed on us. And who, where they're going with. And who, did you want to say, and who knows where they're going with it? Uh, I love how you guys are just as dumb as me. Um, so we don't focus 
on the fact that our liberties are being taken away. They distract us with a troll president, Floyd, etc. Um, okay, so you think George Floyd, you're not saying George Floyd didn't happen. You're saying that focusing on that was a distraction for them using COVID to take away and put new restrictions on us. And you're saying that President Trump is just a troll. Uh, okay, all right. Now, number two, number two. Bill, where are you at conspiracy-wise with this? I personally have been wearing a mask and always moderately concerned, but lately I'm finding lots of holes in everything I hear. No information is true for more than two weeks. The false positive reports are really what have me thinking it could be not as bad as they say. Can you talk about, can you talk how this could the case, could be the case? All right. Well, these are all your theories. All right. Uh, right now, I feel COVID was deliberate. No, I don't think it was deliberate because it's, it's fu- it, like people have lost a ton of money on all levels. It's fucked with everybody. Um, and if it was deliberate, then it would literally be a worldwide conspiracy And for the first time ever, leaders from every country all got on the same page and said, yeah, let's go with this. So I can't agree with that aspect of it. I respect that this is what you feel, though. Uh, But not nearly as they, not real, but not nearly as bad as they make it out to be. Um, I think governments have a responsibility to protect their citizens. Okay? And just because... It's not nearly as bad as they thought it was for people who are healthy. Um, that doesn't mean that people with asthma, weakened immune systems, and, and old people should all die, unless you're talking global warming, and we need to thin the herd. That's a completely different conversation. He says, with COVID, there's new restrictions are being placed on us. I mean, yeah, but they all seem COVID-related. I don't really see, like... Okay, uh, well, you know, you got to wear a mask and, you know, you can, you can no longer own a gun. Like, I, don't, I just don't see that happening. Um, and who, where they're going with it. So we don't focus on the fact our liberties are being taken away. They distract us with the troll President Floyd. No, I honestly think Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders are a reaction to 2008, uh, the banking scandal. And none of those guys went to jail. And so many people own homes and they, they lost money, lost their home. My last, you know, I lost money on a house. Um, you know, those bankers fucked all of us. And I think, and I was in the same headspace. I wanted somebody to bring change. And that's what Donald Trump was saying he was going to bring. And Hillary was just a company man. And I, I've said this before. I really think that Bernie Sanders was the left's Trump as far as like, this was, this guy's a rebel. And I know a lot of people don't like Trump, but the guy is a fucking rebel. He is. Um, and he made all these promises that he was going to drain the swamp and all of this type of shit and everything. I mean, just stuff that one man cannot fucking do. One person, it's not a movie. One guy's not going to go in there and fix it. You just can't do that. Um, uh, where are you conspiracy wise with this? Um, I'm not saying that now that it's come out that there's not a couple of, there's not some dirty laundry that they're going to try to bury underneath it. Like I was worried that they're going to collapse the dollar 
and say that the reason why it collapsed was because of the COVID thing rather than because of years and years of their mismanagement of funds, their greed, getting off the gold standard and all of that shit. Uh, that's that's kind of where I stand with that. But I think the world is round. I think COVID is real. I think Trump got elected because of the bankers in 2008 and um, and the Democrats not having the right, you know, they, they what, what, it wasn't like a boxing match. It wasn't a good matchup. Hillary could have won a different year um, or whatever. I mean, and Hillary would have been fucking horrific for a lot of reasons as far as like uh, with bankers, oil companies, war, and all of that, which I think a lot of people wanted to get away, uh, wanted to get away from. Um, but now, of course, looking back, um, I just how overtly racist and unempathetic our leader is right now. I just can't. I just uh, that's just something I I just can't fucking sign off on. And it's funny. I have you know I got friends who are Trump. They go, show me example where the guy's racist. I just want to be like, do you really think that thirty five to forty million African Americans somehow are getting their own life experience with this guy wrong, and you as a white person somehow know their experience better than they do? <laughs> I don't know, but whatever. I'm I'm done arguing with those people, and you know, God bless everybody. And if he gets reelected, I hope uh, he's like the Grinch and he grows a little more of a heart. On certain areas, if he doesn't, I hope this fucking straw-headed fucking scarecrow that they got me on the Democrat side to fucking vote for, I hope I hope he can live long enough to do something. I don't know. But right now, I'm rooting for firefighters, scientists, small businesses, and just regular people. I hope you're all help, happy and healthy, and I hope you can pay your bills. That's all I'm rooting for. I'm done with all of this other shit. All right. Renewable energy. Hey, Billy, blubber butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I uh, that why I got that, but okay. Uh, I was listening to your MMP for September fourteenth. Someone from California wrote in decrying using using renewable to power the grid, saying that it it has shortfalls in the stability of its power generation. Uh, parentheses. I can't always see the sun. I think was the argument. It was a little more in, deeper than that. Um, I have been an engineer in the U.S. oil and gas industry. I cannot believe some of the brainiacs that listen to this podcast. It must be like, you know, how my wife watches Real Housewives just to shut her brain off. I think smart people might tune into this thing. They definitely don't listen to it for the information. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I have been an engineer in the U.S. and gas industry. I have also worked for a renewable energy think tank. I have seen both sides of the aisle and wanted to write you in response to that guy's letter because he sounds like a lot of people I work with in oil and gas. If he's, if he's representatives of some of your listeners, then maybe I can do some good here by straightening some, some things out. Okay, here we go. I like this. Point, counterpoint. Uh, there are a few common arguments that get rolled out as anti-renewable energy sources and so I'll deal with these briefly in turn. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the conspiracy belief that um, the current, uh, I don't even know what the resources that we use for energy and power, you're, you're fucking with blue blood money. And to try to get those people to change. And like I said, the only way to do it is you have to give them the sun. Just shut off the derrick, shut off the wells, shut all of this shit off. You know, we're all going to go solar. 
You can, wait, no, you can keep fucking selling the oil and all of that shit, and you own the sun. Your family owns the sun, okay? And when that thing burns out, we're all going to be dead. So you guys are going to be good for the rest of your fucking life. It's the only way to get them out, off of what they, they're holding on to. That's, that's my, my, my philosophy here. And, and they they bought all the politicians and all of that shit. All right, and renewable energy sources are unreliable because sometimes it isn't sunny or windy. Uh, so there are these things called batteries. And they, oh God, he's going he's gonna to be talking down to this, I, us, I love it. So there are these things called batteries and they store energy. The issue with renewable up to about five to 10 years ago was that batteries couldn't be built at cost to store energy on that scale. However, this is not the case anymore. It is now standard to build a large battery farm with, the new, with a renewable project. The battery is able to store and release energy to the grid as required. Uh, these are already in use in the U.S., Australia, the other fire country, and many countries in Europe. As battery technology improves, this actually makes electrical grids more versatile and capable of charging to meet the demands in real time. Some countries in less sunny climates, such as Germany, Iceland, Wales, and Denmark, are close, closing in on being entirely dependent on renewable energy sources to power their national grids. How exciting is that? They are not experiencing constant blackouts. That's amazing. I saw a, a YouTube advertisement for these, these Tesla slow solar panels. And I was thinking, like, if I can stick those on the side of my house, why can't I stick them on the side of a 76 GMC RV? Just fucking set the cross-country record. Three drivers. We do it in 24 hours because we never had to stop. Uh, number two, renewables don't support as many jobs as fossil fuel energy does. Uh, this wasn't mentioned, but it is a common argument and one I have a lot of sympathy for. Coal, coal and oil and gas are high, are huge industry that employ hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. There's another reason why it's difficult to switch. So we have to do this in a way where these people that work for these companies and busted their ass and moved up the ladder are not left out of pocket here. Especially in parts of America, they support entire towns and communities. Um, it has been argued that renewables do not and cannot produce the same number of jobs as oil and gas. In fact, this is false. A peer review study, well, it just makes sense. If you're going to be powering a whole city, are they saying the technology is so amazing that some jobs are going to get taken away? Anyway, a peer review study from 2017 um, found for every $10 million of investment oil, Gas creates 27 full-time equivalent jobs, whilst renewables create 75. You might not be getting 200000 to drive a truck anymore, but you don't get peanuts either. Renewables require ongoing upkeeping and maintenance too, so these jobs are not one and done in, in nature. Uh, number three, nuclear is the way. This is not so clear-cut either way, but I fall on the side of nuclear not being a good option. Here are my reasons. Nuclear power plants take decades to get fully operational. Always come in way over budget. Look up Hinkley Point C, for example. Um, has associated extreme security concern and has nuclear waste products. Wait, and has nuclear power plants. Wait, and has waste products where the only option to get rid of them is to dig a giant hole, drop it in and cover it with as much cement as you can 
can get your hands on. Even then, you can still fuck it up. The U.S. just spent $19 billion on the waste isolation pilot plant in New Mexico. But a single mislabeled container contaminated the site just a couple of years after opening. The cleanup took three years and a cost of $2 billion. Yeah, the only thing about, yeah, the thing I don't like about nuclear waste is, is the waste. And I was thinking, well, then you build a rocket and you shoot it out into space. <laughs> I don't know what you do with it. The benefit of nuclear power is that it has no greenhouse gas emissions. That's great. And can produce <clears throat> large quantities of energy in a single power plant. However, for me, the juice is absolutely not worth the squeeze. Uh, anyway, if you make it this far, then thanks for reading. Dude, this has been fascinating. Um, I hope I have convinced even one of your listeners to at least go out and do a bit more research for themselves. Listening to your stupid rants provides a brief highlight at the start of the work week. That's why I listens. Uh, keep it up and go fuck yourself. Yeah, listen to my stupid rants. I love it. There's a smart guy out there. Listen to this dumb, bald idiot before I have to go in here and use three quarters of my brain. Um, <coughs> NFL getting it done. Bill, uh, why do you think the NFL is the only league that was able to get zero COVID cases out of thousands of employees for two weeks straight. Straight. These guys aren't in a bubble. They travel. I firmly believe it's because of the old school attitude that lives on in football. There is still a gridiron attitude and a lot of old school coaches and owners around that don't take shit. The NBA is player dominated. And even though there is drama in the NFL, it's not that sissy shit in the NBA. All right. You know what I got out of that? This guy's an NBA fan. Well, here's the thing. NBA players make way more money than most NFL players. So I think the Hooers um, go after them a little bit more. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know what it is, sir. I have no idea. I don't even know if those numbers are right. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. All right. Buying land. Dear Bill, I'm a 21-year-old from a big city on the West Coast. My interest in economics and real estate has has me interested in buying a small plot of land. At 21, look at you. Good for you. The area in which I'm looking is growing. Therefore, it's not entirely speculative. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I'd be using my life savings and taking out a small loan, which I know I can pay monthly and have paid off. I've ran the numbers. My only question is this. Being my first endeavor, I'm a bit nervous. Is this the start of something that will ruin me or the first step to something bigger? How do you get over that with stand-up? Whoa, you went from real estate to telling jokes. Hang on a second. I need a little sip of water here. All right. Um, Okay, I would continue to look at land. I don't know shit about money other than I don't try and blow it. So I'm concerned that you're going to be – you said I'd be using my life savings. Does that mean your entire life savings? If you have to do that, you're only 21. I'd save up a little bit longer. You always have to have, you always have to have what the fuck money. And if we've learned anything in 2020, you need to have that money because they'll help you out for a little bit, and then you're on your fucking own. So, um, you know, all of these people who live like in these these uh, not all these people, but a lot of these people who live in really rural areas. Okay, if they paid off their house and they know how to hunt and they have a well in their land. Like, they can survive a really, really long fucking time. Um, there is something to be... There needs to be a respect again between 
red states and blue states. Like this whole fucking real housewife shit that we're involved in. It's just, it's really stupid. Um, but getting back to you, um, I get nervous when I, I do, uh, when I invest in that type of stuff, but I just make sure that I gamble with something that I can lose. Okay. And if it's your entire life savings, maybe you want to look for land somewhere different, maybe buy a little bit less, maybe save up a little bit longer, but you're asking, how do I get over it? I would equate it to, um, the, um, soloing. How do you get over with? You just make the decision that you're doing it. I made the decision this week that I was ready and I was going to solo. So, and then it ended up coming a day earlier and then I got to do it twice. And uh, the, how great I felt about myself and, um, and I called up and, and, you know, I thanked my instructor profusely. I still, t- and I'm still in touch with all of my instructors that I've had throughout the years. I still talk to all of those guys because I look at them like they've taught me one of the greatest skills you could have as a person, learn how to fly. I mean, it's, you're flying. It's unbelievable. And they taught me how to do it safely. And I had nothing but great instructors that, um, you know, taught me how not to fly like an asshole. So how you get over stuff is you don't take more risk than you're comfortable with, but you do take a risk. And you just have to say to yourself, I'm doing this, okay? So if you want to invest in land, just know you're going to do this. And, but then on the other side, you don't have to like jump in the deep end with rocks in your pockets when you do it, okay? You know, you can jump in the shallow end. You can still dunk your head under the water in the shallow end, but, you know, you run out of air, you can stand up. Oh, look at that analogy. You get in the deep end, you know, hey, you can get a little fucking crazy. So if you still want to do it now, um, and I think your background in economics and real estate are two really great backgrounds um, for you to be successful in the future. I think your, your head's in the right place. I, just, I think you're nervous about this for the right reason. It's, it's going to be taking too much of your savings and you need a small loan. I, 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 I would be more cautious than that. You know, um, you got your whole fucking life ahead of you. So I would I would buy a smaller piece of land that you can that you can handle. You can make the payments. It's not gonna uh, you know it's not gonna crush you or whatever. And then you can learn on that one. And then when you pay that thing off, now you got something. You know you got some equity in that. You can then you can use that to get a loan to get something else. And then you'll be off and running. And you'll be talking. You'll meet people in the. Real estate business, that's another thing. I would go to open mics. I would talk to comedians, people at different levels of doing comedy, and I would ask them questions, and I would just soak it up. So uh, don't listen to me for real estate advice. Um, but definitely talk to people that know, uh, know your business because I don't know your business. But uh, good luck, and I'm proud of you at 21 that you're already thinking like that. It's very mature. You're out ahead of the game, and you're going to live a great life, all right? Just marry a sweetheart, and you're, 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 you're golden. And, um, you know, there's really something to be said to being that smart in your 20s. I wish I was. All right. All right. Now, with that, I'm going to take a break here, and through the magic of time travel, I'm going to watch the Patriots game, and then I'll come back on, hopefully talking about a victory. All right. So we fucking lost. <laughs> 
Um, I got to tell you, I was worried about this game. I, I didn't know much about Seattle. I know over the years people lose players and all that type of stuff. Um, but I always know that they're really good. And um, as much as we lost, let's first let's compliment Seattle on a great win. Their team looks outstanding. And uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, what can you say about the guy? I mean, the guy can beat you so many friggin' ways. Um, I've really become more of a mature fan. I just, I just did not get frustrated. I usually get so frustrated when my team is playing a quarterback like that, where you cover the receiver and then he, the guy still takes off and runs and still gets the first down. It used to drive me up the wall. Now I'm just trying to, I don't know, just appreciate, you know, a player like that because that guy was amazing. And uh, I thought that running game, that 32, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde too. I mean, he had a couple of big runs, but that Carson just ferocious runner. And then they're receiving that 16 was fucking killing us. Lockett and Metcalf had a big day. I mean, I don't know. A lot of touchdowns. Uh, a lot of touchdowns. Uh, what's his face? Russell Wilson threw for 288 yards, had five touchdown passes, one interception. He actually threw for six down, t- six touchdown passes. If you count the, uh, the pick six, but um, I know kind of a crazy game. I think we kind of maybe had more offense. I don't know. I'm fucking tired. Cam Newton threw for 397 yards, one touchdown, one interception. This is the thing I was excited about was Cam Newton was not running all over the field. He was standing tall in the pocket. His throws looked great. And um, I was also really, really excited. Our receiving core, Harry had eight catches, Bird's got six. Look at me with the stats out here. Rex Burkhead had six. Julian Edelman, which opened it up for, up for Edelman, who had 179 yards eight on eight catches. Um, we just couldn't get in the damn end zone because their fucking defense was great for Seattle. But I got to tell you, as a Pats fan, as much as we, you know, we lost and everything, we competitive, we didn't quit, and we looked twice as good as we looked against the Dolphins. I thought we looked, uh, I didn't say it last week, but... I kind of thought we looked mediocre, which is basically dog shit. But I thought we only looked okay. So um, I was very excited by that, considering uh, the Buffalo Bills, where they got Josh Allen out there, threw for 300 yards the first week and 400 the second week. So we're definitely going to have some competition this year. uh, But I got to tell you, man, I thought we looked fucking great. I really did. Our running game sucked, though. I will say that. Um, but our offensive line did a great job protecting um, Cam Newton. And I also thought, uh, you know, I just think Seattle's defense was fucking incredible. But it's only the second week, and we got a couple, you know, Andrews is back, and we got a couple new guys, I think, on the offensive line. So you got Bill Belichick, and now you got son of Bill Belichick rocking the mullet, okay? And and I, I just think by the time we get to uh, crunch time in November and everything, I think that this team is going to be – Really competitive. I'm very excited. And I love, I love the new uniforms. I love that red, how the red's popping out on the shoulder pads. Other than that, um, fucking Seattle, look, yeah, they just look really, really great. Um, Russell Wilson, man, it's fucking incredible. They got so many fucking just great players on that team. Pete Carroll, man, and whoever the hell scouts for that guy, just, they always just have those guys that are uh, – I don't know, seem a little faster, a little tougher. They're just like, they really get those next level guys. So kudos to them. There you go. There's my Patriots wrap up. Um, As much as we lost, like I said, very happy. 
Um, Cam Newton looks great. It looks great. I think I think this is going to be we're, we're going to, you know, this could have been fucking horrific. Tom leaving and then th- th- to have this, man. I'm I'm very happy. That's it. All right. Go fuck yourselves and I'll check in on you on Thursday. All right. Bye-bye.